So say you're selling a $50 e-commerce product, a $50 course. Imagine if you made three to $500 within a few days or a week or two from that customer, right? And just think about those numbers because most people listening and most people in the world sell a $50 product and maybe they have some order bumps and upsells and blah, 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 and emails, and they might make $100 from that customer. This is Digital Marketer. Hey, it's Mark. And I don't want to be that doom and gloom guy, but I'm hoping this acts as a little bit of a wake-up call for you. Because we've been talking a lot lately about how the whole iOS thing has some advertisers flying blind. And when you sprinkle on some rising ad costs and supply chain issues, we've got a real entrepreneurial challenge ahead of us. The bad news is that a lot of businesses are going to be washed away over the coming months. But the good news is that the ones who adapt are going to come out of this even stronger. So that's why it's important to focus on what you can control. Tighten up your website, improve your CRO, collect as much first-party data as you can, and test, test, test. And if you need help with that, go to our friends at Conversion Fanatics. They're running hundreds of tests in all sorts of industries, so they know what's working now. Check the show notes for the link, or you can visit them at conversionfanatics.com. Hey everyone, this is Mark DeGrasse, the president of Digital Marketer, and this is the podcast that keeps you up to date on everything you need to know when it comes to digital marketing, from the platforms you need to be focused on to the cutting-edge tactics and tools that are working today. Today, our guest is Rudy Moore, the CEO of a bunch of different companies, which we'll get into, but he's the head of Celebrity Marketer with some big A-lists, as well as more capital, and he recently helped raise over $150 million with Ty Lopez, who then bought... 11 businesses, and six X billion dollar brands such as Pier One and Radio Shack. So that is a mouthful, Rudy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's been a lot going on the last few years. Man, that's huge. So let's just start from the beginning. You moved to America in your mid-20s and then... Yeah, born entrepreneur in the UK, knew I wanted to be really successful and make a bunch of money. And the UK doesn't like success and money. So I realized it was the wrong place to be. New success and money. (laughs) So I... Figured out how to move to America. Everything's bigger in America. And I wanted to live the typical American dream. So I moved here about 24 years old. I had businesses in the UK, small businesses. I had real estate and a family and everything. So I left everything, literally showed up with two suitcases of clothes. And I was a student here. So I came here for a master's degree. But over the last few years, I'd been learning online, how to advertise online, how to market online. And in the first couple of years of moving here, I utilized those skills to do online personal training because I was a personal trainer and fitness coach back in the UK. So I made my professor like a million dollars or half a million dollars in revenue during grad school with those skills with Facebook ads funnels. And a lot of it, you know, I learned from the very early days of digital marketer. And then I did the same for me after graduating within 18 months. I built a million dollar business for myself in fitness, selling fitness programs. We got to about 5 million in revenue, 100,000 plus members and students. I traveled the world, hosted big fitness events around the world. And again, it was all driven. Obviously, I was good at what I did in the fitness side, but it was all driven by focusing on marketing first, getting really good at Facebook ads, social media, Instagram, funnels, landing pages. I learned a lot from you guys that DM took all the courses and binged every podcast, every course. But I was just applying it every single day. Learn, apply, learn, apply. 
And then fast forward to today, and I'm doing all the cool stuff you just mentioned, doing a lot of celebrity marketing, big A-list celebs, you know, obviously spent the last two or three years with Ty Lopez under him and his ventures, which was an awesome experience. And then I have my own big coaching and community where we teach people how to grow online companies. Wow. That is nice and short. (laughs) (laughs) But you did a ton of stuff. And I love how you went to school for your master's and we're actually helping the professor make a bunch of money. It's a good way to get an A. (laughs) Well, yeah, I always teach, figure out what drives people. The reason I'm successful today is I'm really good at figuring out what drives people, what people need. I'm really good at psychology, understanding the why. One of the biggest things I've done that's created these celebrity partnerships and all the success I have is figuring out the why of people, right? And then whether it's broad advertising or it could be people you want to connect with, right? Really important people, billionaires or CEOs of big companies and figuring out the why with those people and then what what they need because everyone needs something. You forget that. You think billionaires don't need something. Everyone needs something and then helping support that. Oh, that's fantastic. Let's go back to that first business because I was in fitness myself for quite a while. Yeah. Never built 5 million selling online programs. <laughs> like I'm just going to say that straight out. I did a lot of work though. But what I actually found was that a lot of fitness professionals, they tend to think too much about fitness and the sure. techniques and the mm-hmm. science. And then mm-hmm. they're like, oh, marketing, whatever. Yeah, it's actually yeah. a crazy mindset shift, right? Because I was exactly that. So from the age of 17 to 24, I studied every day. So I actually became a sports scientist. I was part of research journals, big studies. I was on the ISN editorial board, which is the International Society of Sports Nutrition. I wrote for Men's Health, Bodybuilding.com, all the big fitness health websites as a scientist. And I was like anti-marketing for six years. And I hated it because marketers do the opposite of what scientists do, right? Scientists tell the boring truth of nothing really matters. You got to eat your vegetables, sleep well, and work out. That's basically it. (laughs) Everything else is like a tiny little thing. And marketers do the opposite. They just want work. This one exercise that will double the size of your biceps, right? That's what a marketer does. And I think the way I got around it eventually was several years of complaining about it and being very righteous. But then I had the realization of, hey, I'm never going to help people impact the world or make the money I want to make if I stay like this. So how do I become the marketer, but do it in more of an ethical way? And I think to me, what was that ethical middle ground? And this is true for any industry, not just fitness. You have to sell people a bit of what they want and give them what they need, because if not, you're never going to help people. And you have to come to that realization of, If all day as a sports scientist, you tell people, hey, losing weight is real simple. You just don't eat bad food. You eat vegetables and meat every day, four times a day. You work out every day. You stay consistent for two years. You go to bed at 10 o'clock and drink lots of water. That's all you do. Then no one would lose weight because no one wants to do that. It's boring. You know, what I did is I took those core concepts. And it's like when you give your like child a pill or your dog like some medication, you wrap it in some cheese or ham. That's how I see marketing, right? If you just you wrap it in something, so they want to collapse onto it, and then you give them what they need inside. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's so simple. It is a huge paradigm shift. Well, I like how you said righteous too, because that's what yeah. I always experienced with networking yeah. with trainers was it's no, this is what they have to do and they're going to die if sure. they don't do it. And it actually the whole science part, it tends to get negative too. Like it's not focused on uh, yeah. providing solutions. It's focused on like, using my thing. Yeah, and, I, I, and here's the thing. I helped tens of thousands of people. Like 
I have a website page for my old fitness site and you can't stop scrolling from the before and after photos. There's that many before and after photos that I help so many. We're talking thousands of photos and transformations and testimonials. And sure, was some of the science on some of them a little elaborated or a little more of a gray area? Maybe, yeah, but it was definitely ethical. It's definitely true. It was just making stuff so fancy, right? Because people want to buy cool stuff. They want to buy into the fact that they can work out for 20 minutes a day and still get results. And there's plenty of research that supports that. So you just have to be good, whatever you're selling, right? I teach this all the time. Whatever you're selling, figure out what is unique about it. How do you promote it? How do you position yourself to stand out from the crowd? And most importantly, if you're doing Instagram, Facebook, any social media, you get about two seconds of attention. So if you can't sell me and make me go, wow, in two seconds, you're done. You're never going to help people. You're never going to build a legacy. You're never going to impact lives until you can learn how to grab attention. And that's why I got obsessed with marketing. And now I'm here today. That's amazing. You had the one company grew up to 5 million. How did you pivot that into all the other things that you're doing now? Got really good at my skill, right? More boring stuff than no one wants to hear, but it's just like fitness. I got really good. I studied every day. I binged every podcast. I took every course you guys put out many years ago and I applied it right away. I didn't think about it for a month. I just went and tested it and I lost lots of money, made lots of money. And then I started getting so good at it. I was spending tens of thousands of dollars a day on Facebook and Instagram ads. And other people were asking me for help. And eventually it got to a point where I was making like 30 to 50 grand a month profit, just running some Facebook ad accounts for my friends, other big fitness influencers and celebrities. So I had one company doing millions a year with 20 employees that was making me like 600K a year profit. And then I had this side gig running a few ad accounts for my buddies with like one of my other staff members helping over here, making like 400K a year profit. And I'm like, huh, this is interesting, right? And they're different types of businesses. There's no right or wrong. There's way more money to be made if you can help other people make money, right? People will only pay so much to lose weight. It's hard to sell a 50 grand fat loss program unless it's surgery. It's hard to sell a 50 grand weight loss course. I sell many 50K business courses. And I actually realized, hey, I like fitness, but I also like cheese and chocolate, right? So I'm like, I'm into fitness, but you know what I'm obsessed about is money and business and success and marketing. So it was like a natural pivot of my life. My parents were elite athletes. So I grew up for 25 years in sport. That's all I knew. I was an entrepreneurial kid buying and selling at eight, nine, 10 years old. I built my first website at 12 years old, was selling on eBay and stuff at 12 years old. So I was always entrepreneurial, loved money, loved online. And it just became this natural pivot to me. And I actually closed the fitness business down. It just transitioned out. So I moved a lot of those employees over and many of my exec team are still from the fitness business. They moved over and we built a big agency and then we did the stuff with Ty Lopez. And now I have more capital, which is the holding company that runs the celebrity marketing with a couple of more partners. I uh, partners with Kevin Harrington from the TV show Shark Tank, where we take businesses, take equity and help them grow just like you see on the show. And then I have a big coaching program, 40,000 students where we're helping students scale their businesses with Facebook ads, Instagram ads, social media marketing, landing pages, funnels, and all that jazz. Oh, that's fantastic. Back to that paradigm shift, because there's tons of trainers who have done what you've done, where they've built a business and they've sold some programs, but they never 
yes. go further than that. They end up just even more obsessed with fitness is what ends up happening. I'll have more money. I'll get more certifications. That was always what I saw. Uh, I did the same when I was like 20. I thought the, I remember I was working in free jobs as a personal trainer and I was investing every penny or most of it into more certifications. And I had this list on the gym wall of the 27 things <laughs> I was certified in. I actually did well in the gym. I was like the second biggest trainer and I was like 20 years old. I did well because I hustled. I was selling on the gym floor. I was doing free sessions and stuff like that to sell people on my service. But you realize it's not the certifications, it's your ability to market and sell that really mm. changes how you run your business. The funny thing about marketing and fitness is I found it was a natural transition from fitness just because marketing is really similar in the sense of progression, consistency, just doing the tasks day in and day out. And there you go. Do you teach your students that same type of methodology where it's... Yeah, it's the boring stuff, right? It's the stuff like, hey, here's all this cool, sexy marketing hacks and blah, 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 blah. But unless you have a great offer, you have a great hook, you have a great business model, you have a good ascension model, you can make great creatives, you can drive traffic and get a lot of customers, nothing is going to help you, right? Like they're the foundations to growing an online business. The foundations in health and fitness is what I said. It's sleep, it's water, it's working out, it's lifting weights, right? It's like they're the boring foundations. The boring foundations in business is that it keeps testing your hook and offers, creating irresistible offers, keeps in your landing pages, is keep running ads and trying new creatives. And most people just like in fitness, they want to throw up free ads and then cry about it when it doesn't work. And same in fitness, they want to lift weights for a week and then cry they didn't get a dream body, right? And binge at the weekends. And that's the key to life. You look at any billionaire, you look at any NBA athlete, you look at any gold medalist, you look at anyone that's achieved the world-class success in any area of life, they're consistent, they push through failure, they don't give up, and they outwork everyone. No, it's, it's principles to uh, to grow by. Now, I do have a question for you just in that regards, because for a lot of people having a $5 million business and making money doing what you love, that's like the goal in life, but you've gone way beyond that. And I've seen a lot of successful people do that, where it's like, you could stop now if you want, but you're not. <laughs> so what's your drive beyond necessity? I want to be a billionaire. So someone asked me this the other day. Technically, I could have retired at 22 years old because I had several real estate houses that were close to passive income, as close as you can get, right? Probably making me back in the UK, they were making me about the equivalent of like 30,000 a year UK, which is like 45,000 US. So it's basically the annual salary for an average person, right? And so I literally had the financial means to but like to me, the worst, like even now, right, I could retire my investments and stuff make me about 20 grand a month. So that's a quarter of a million a year, which is a nice lifestyle. But I have zero interest. I want to be a billionaire. Like I want to change the world. And I always say like the way I see life or at least business life for me is I'm like a pro athlete or like an NBA athlete. I'm like, you don't play in the NBA just to play. Most of them or 99% of them play to be the best, to be the next LeBron or Michael Jordan and to be an all-star and to win the championships. That's how I see business. There's a lot of people that play basketball for fun, right? And they enjoy it and it maintains their health and it's recreational. So they would be like the people I'm, I think you're talking about where they maybe get a bit of success. It's their job, it's their career, they're comfortable and they're enjoying it. And that's like playing basketball for fun, right? And if you can build your life where you do what you love and you make enough to pay the bills, 
Like there's no right or wrong. And like, I admire that if that's your goal, but there's also people that want to be the next Michael Jordan. And that's me in business. I love that. And nothing wrong with it either. Cause you need the people who keep on pushing, especially the productive people that keep on pushing. There's people like me, the ones that put us here today, right? If you didn't have someone that kept trying to figure out how to make the light bulb, even though it failed 500 times, we'd be living with candles still. If you didn't have people trying to cure diseases, we'd all have a way lower life expectancy. If we didn't, if we go back even further and we didn't have the few adventurers that left the camp and then maybe got killed by lions or saber-toothed tigers or dinosaurs, then we would still be living on England or this small little island. We wouldn't know the world as we discovered it today. So every civilization and every part of evolution, it needs a balance of all people, right? It needs some people to stay in the camp, needs some people to go on adventure and risk their life for the discovery. Oh, yeah. I do think there's something you said just about that mindset, because if you have, say, the average person's like, I could live, if I made a million dollars one time, I could live forever. That's not really an inspiring goal, and they're not going to accomplish it. That person won't do that. (laughs) And also, here's what you don't realize about money until you make it. Generally, like your lifestyle adapts with money, right? So some people will earn a bunch of money and stay living poor. That's fine. Most people will adapt though. So say they go from earning 50 grand a year to 100, they'll like they'll shop at a slightly more expensive place. They'll get a house where the mortgage is incrementally bigger. They'll get a nicer car or a second car where that repayment's now incrementally bigger. Most of people watching this in society know that, right? If they go from 50 to 100K over 10 years or joint income, their incremental expenses just go up in line with that. And honestly, it's the exact same when you go to 200K, 300K, 400K, right? And then I think there is a tipping point where most people are like, hey, I can't spend $3 million a year. So they start investing and saving it, hopefully. But here's the thing with money. It's like money just gives you, in my eyes, like freedom, the ability to have nicer things, to make better decisions. Like I remember back in the day when I had no money, like you got the cheapest fly, even if it wasn't direct at a weird time, you did a red eye. And if there was something going on, say you're at an event, but you had a flight book the next day, you weren't going to cancel that flight to stay one more day because it's money. And now I cancel my flight. Like I normally always change the flight I'm booked on, even if I have to just rebuy a new one, like nearly every single trip. I'm like used to it at this point. And it's given me like, and like, it took me a long time, even though I had the money to get over that mindset block, but that equals freedom, right? So I could go a day later, I could stay a day longer, I could make a dinner now, even though I was supposed to have a flight at 4pm, I can stay that night for a dinner, because you learn how to make money and leverage stuff. So that dinner, I might have one conversation that makes me $20,000. And I pay another $500 for a new flight. And that's that abundant mindset. Oh, that's that's fantastic. Yeah, I, mine's a little smaller where I go to the grocery store. I'm like, I'll buy two bison yeah. <laughs> instead of one. Yeah. But no, that's a great way to think because it does. Yeah. It's freedom. It's, it gives you flexibility, yeah. your time back, your ability to outsource. Yeah, I've not looked at the price tag on stuff in normal stores for three or four years. And that's like a very liberating... I, I didn't come from money. Okay, So it's not... Some people think I did. I came from no money. I used to save every penny. I used to like bike in the freezing cold weather after working 16 hours a day just to save gas money. I had a car, but I would bike in like freezing cold weather at 11 at night after being a personal trainer for 16 hours just to save on gas. So I did not come from money and I used to be like super, super 
stringent with it because I was trying to grow wealth. But for me, like I don't check price tags now. And often if I like a jacket or a t-shirt, I buy two of them just in case one gets ruined in the wash because then I never have to go, oh, I'm so sad. My favorite jacket, I lost it because I have a spare. And there's little things like that and changing the flights. If I want to change the flights and come home a day early or I'm tired or I want to stay a day longer because there's an event, that is what I think money buys. No, that's, that's a great way to look at it. If you're still using legacy cloud storage like Dropbox or Google Drive or expensive, unintuitive digital asset management tools to store your images and videos, listen up. While those are fine for teams who just need to store docs and sheets, they are terribly inefficient for marketing teams needing to organize, share, and collaborate on visual assets. Air's intuitive UI is purpose-built for visual assets. Automatic content tagging and powerful filters mean you don't even have to remember folder or file names. As long as you know what's in an image, you can find it in seconds. Modern marketing teams, including those at Google, Sweetgreen, The Infatuation, and Pattern have saved up to 10 hours per person per week by switching to Air. Air is the leading platform for marketing teams to manage and automate their creative operations. Learn more at air.inc slash digital marketer. That's A-I-R dot I-N-C slash digital marketer. So for all the marketers out there, I know you came from Facebook, Instagram ads, Instagram organic. Let's get into that. Like the current trends, what has happened over the last two years and what to do next. Yeah, the juicy stuff. And I hope my story didn't hopefully inspire a few people along the way. But let's give the juicy stuff on marketing. Look, the landscape's changed. I I was spending uh, over the last couple of years up to uh, like almost half a million dollars a day at some point, but hundreds of thousands of dollars a day. And there's only a few people in the world, like in our world, at least, obviously in enterprise, it's different, but there's not many people spending that amount. So that gave me, and I don't say that for no reason, that gave me like crazy testing ability. I literally was testing like 50 to 100 ads per day. So I saw across lots of different companies, lots of different brands, lots of different industries, coaching, consulting, software, e-commerce, you name it, I tested it. It gave me that ability to test like crazy. So I have a lot of great data points for you that I amassed by spending millions of dollars. And I won some good tests and I lost lots of money on the same path. The biggest breakthrough I can give you right away, but this is controversial because the biggest breakthrough in my advertising mindset and success came from outside the ad manager, but it has everything to do with the ads. Okay, so let me break that down because I know it might sound confusing. The number one way that I learned to scale accounts in the last couple of years is to focus a little more on everything that's happening outside the ad manager on the back end. So what I mean by that is nowadays, because I got really good at building out the lifetime value in the back end, every $50 customer that comes in, we make about three to $500 from, and we track all that. So say you're selling a $50 e-commerce product, a $50 course. Imagine if you made three to $500 within a few days or a week or two from that customer right? And just think about those numbers because most people listening and most people in the world sell a $50 product and maybe they have some order bumps and upsells and blah, 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 and emails, and they might make $100 from that customer. So here's the thing with the ads. If you want to be profitable, you need to make a sale for $30 to make, and you have a $100 AOV, you've got some nice profit there. $30 acquisition cost, $100 sale, great, a $70 profit. 
But now, say it costs you $100 to make that sale, but you make $500 from that customer, you got $400 in profit. And there's no way you can compete on the ad level to make $400. If you had a $100 like average order value, you'd have to have Facebook paying you $300 to make the sale for you to ever get to the 400 mark. It's like physically impossible because Facebook's never going to pay you $300 to sell a product. So that's what I want people to understand. And I wish I understood 10 years ago, like there's infinite uplift and upside in the back end on what happens after the sale, but there's only marginal on the ad manager, right? If you sell something for $50, like what's the lowest you can get the sale for? Like physically, right? It's like a cent basically, right? You can't get the sale for less than zero. So the most bandwidth you have there is $50. But the most bandwidth on the back end could be $200 or $400, right? I know that's maybe a weird way to answer the first question, but trust me, if you do that, it changes the way you run your business. Your ads become way easier. You have a much higher back end. It's the secret of every billion dollar company because I've worked in some of them and studied a lot of them. And I always use the analogy, I'm like, hey, the iPhone, right? And I always ask on stage, I go, how many of you have an iPhone, right? How many? Okay, or a Samsung or whatever, right? Android. How many of you, now I tell everyone to stand up, I'm like, sit back down if you're only ever going to pay that company one time in your life. Now look around, right? No one sits down, maybe one or two people. And then I say, how much are you going to spend on Apple if you have an Apple or Android if you have Android in your entire life? Give me a number. What do you think your number is, Mark? Oh, God, I think I have seven phones because I have an autistic son. So 50,000, 100. And then your future life as well, right? <laughs> exactly, like the next yeah. 30 years. So 50 or 100,000. So if I'm running ads for Apple, how much can I spend to make the first sale to a brand new customer? You can spend thousands. Right? The analogy, it changes very quickly when you understand that concept. If you didn't understand that and I said, hey, the iPhone's $1,000, it costs us $500 to make. How much can I sell the Apple iPhone for? Yeah. $500, right? Like that, yeah, exactly. Change. So when you understand business that way, it drastically changes how you run and advertise and how you set goals in the ad manager. Yes, I have lots of hacks and tactics for the ads and social media and the strategy there. But once you understand that concept, it changes the way you run your business. I, I love how you focus on that because, you know, digital marketing, we call it Ascension. But everybody, actually, even most funnels only gets a conversion where it's like, okay, get aware, engage them, you know, give them something for free and then convert them. And everybody's like, yay, I did it. Game's over. And you're like, no, no. <laughs> That's the first game, right? And I always teach the second part doesn't matter if you can't make the first sale, right? Because if you can't make the first sale, none of the magic can happen. But once you hit that, it's like playing a computer game, right? It's like, hey, you hit level one, okay? But now there's level two. And level two is how much more can you make over time? And the best person, the best businesses can do both levels very, very well. They can acquire lots of customers at a good rate. They know how to acquire customers and build those funnels. And then they can do the second part really well as well, where they make a bunch of money on the back end. Oh, that's fantastic. You know, that's a good summation of the ad side of Instagram, Facebook. I think right now there's been this huge shift towards content and specifically organic content, short form content. What have you kind of seen, you know, best practice or just like, actually, you know what, how about just a holistic approach to organic on Instagram? Yeah. And I mean, even, and a lot of it ties into the ads. So I talked about scaling on the back end, but on the ad level, it all comes down to the creative, right? So what you have to understand is Facebook and Instagram as a platform, Mark Zuckerberg and the team at Facebook, 
their goal is to make as much ad revenue as possible. So how do you do that? You simplify everything on the platform and you make your algorithm so good that you don't need media buyers to run everything, right? Because for many years, it took people like me and people you certified to run the ads. Now, they're, and they're still important, don't get me wrong, they're experts, but now it's getting easier where you can run an ad from your phone, right? And until recently, it sucks. You would never get any conversions. But nowadays, you can actually set up an ad in the ad manager. I still recommend the ad manager. But you can do no audiences, right? You don't know special filters. You just pick a good image, a good title, a good copy, a conversion ad, and boom, it goes, right? And that's because the algorithm got so good at targeting. So Facebook's trying to make it easier than ever. Uh, and they even like mess about with your creatives, right? So if you add an image, they'll crop it. They'll show it as a slideshow. They'll add in the text overlay. So they're trying to build the algorithm to be more hands-off. And what I always tell people is like, hey, the biggest thing you can control with the biggest upside is the images. It's the creatives. It's the video. And it's figuring out how to get really, really good at that. And that's the same. So that's the like one of the biggest tips in the ad level and just testing every day. And it's the same in organic, okay? Organic, we're moving more and more to visual, right? So TikTok, 15 seconds. Instagram is visual. It's the square or it's the real, okay? Facebook, it's still 80% of the screen is image before text. So most of your attention needs to go on the image and the creative. The next thing is you got to ask yourself and be critical. How does this post add value to a stranger? Okay. And I asked this question the other day to someone on my team because they asked me their personal Instagram. They're like, really, my Instagram doesn't grow. And I go, pull up your last photo. And they pulled it up. And I go, tell me, if I don't know who you are, how this adds any value. And they couldn't answer it, right? Because it was just a post of them. It's just a photo of them, which to their friends and family is great, right? Friends and family loved it. But that doesn't mean you get any new followers. If your goals growth, then how do you get new followers? It, no one else. It was just a normal photo of you in a restaurant. No one cares about you sat in a restaurant, sadly, right? So how do you add value, right? How do you add value and make someone, coming back to what I said earlier, how do you wow them in two seconds? That's the key. And I think, like you said, it's it's easy to forget that because you're like, well, I posted crap. And I used to be one of those advocates where I was like, well, at least you're doing something. Most people don't do anything. So at least you did something. But your way of simplifying it into like, okay, where are they going to get out of this if they've, ne if they've never met you? That's the important part. Exactly. Consistency is number one, right? So I'm not saying don't pose. If you want to grow, then be critical to yourself and go, how do I actually plan this? The biggest thing I've learned from studying organic growth, people that go viral, some of it's random, but like the biggest people in the world, like Mr. Beast, uh, YouTube famous, right? Biggest influencer in the world on YouTube now. He spends like a million dollars per video, two weeks planning it with a massive team. So it's like one, the, one thing you learn is you can't just stumble into this, right? And it's like you don't get a six pack and go on the front of men's health by stumbling into it, right? It's very for them. They're obsessed over it. It's very tactical, very well thought out. And they test a bunch of stuff. Mr. Beast, he tests like 100 different angles. And when he shoots a video, he comes back and then he reviews that video like for 10 days straight. And he asks 20 people to critique it. And he goes through it one second at a time to look at areas he can crop out. And then people, you know, they say, oh, I'm not growing organically and they've hardly post, right? And then there's Mr. Beast, who's the best in the world, best in the world at YouTube, right? Or video in general, best in the world. And he obsesses over every video for like two weeks and he goes back and edits it 
hundreds of times. So it's like you got to have realistic expectations too, right? I'm not saying you should all quit and do nothing, but it's like, hey, if you really want to blow something up, put that amount of passion and passion and intensity into it and build a framework where you're adding a ton of value. You've got wow content all the time. You're creating SOPs, like hire people to support you and really invest in it because it's going to come back to benefit you over time. But just like your health, right? And looking, getting a six pack and being on the front of men's health, you have to invest six months of grinding before you look like that. And it's the same with your social. No, I, I really like that. Cause I mean, at the end of the day, the message is like, get serious, you know, get professional, become an expert instead of, oh yeah, that guy's just famous because he's a jerk that was there at the beginning. And uh, there's always excuses versus like, no, he's, he's a really hard worker. Nobody likes that story. They either want to hate you or love you most of the time is, is my experience or you're just anonymous. That's fantastic. You probably have like a million more Instagram tips. I think we'll have to probably have you on again, just specifically for your Instagram stuff. But in terms of, you know, learning more about you, I keep on mentioning Instagram because we want to bring you in for Instagram expert. (laughs) Right now, if people want more info, where they can they find it? I'd love to come back and share that. We're doing about 100K a month just from our Instagram revenue while growing it by tens of thousands of people. So I'll leave that little bait out there for the next episode because it is super powerful when you know how to do it, right? Getting paid to grow organically is the goal for most people. And it took me a year of figuring it out. So I will come on and share that. And yes, Instagram is a great way to connect with me. I have a team that run it with me, but it's actually one of the few platforms I'm still in every day checking. So it's just Rudy Moore Life, R-U-D-Y, M-A-W-E-R-L-I-F-E. But if you put in Rudy, you'll probably see my red photo and that'll be me. And I would love to connect with every one of you on there, especially as you probably like me starting your journey uh, just like I did. So don't worry, I'm not out of reach. And I love to connect with people that are on the same mission and journey. And then you'll probably see my Facebook ads, especially if you go to our website, morecapital.com or my other personal brand sites, just called theredlife.com. So it's the red life. And that's all about creating your dream life, right? Taking the red pill and living a life of your dreams. And that's a little more on personal development, building businesses and the mindset of success, not just marketing by itself. So yeah, plenty of ways to connect. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Rudy. I think uh, great message, you know, really breaking those paradigms. And I think you have a way of describing information that really just burst through all the crap. And you're like, no, it's just this one little thing. And you're like, oh, okay, I get it. Do more than one ad. Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to hit that follow button so you get notified when all of our new episodes release. Please share with that friend who is clueless about digital marketing. And don't forget to visit digitalmarket.com where you can access all of our courses, certifications, and training programs. Thanks again, everyone. And we'll see you next time. This is Digital Marketing. Get ready for the two easiest ways for you to generate product photos for your e-commerce store. I'm Lauren Petrullo, founder and CEO of Mongoose Media and Digital Marketer Academy faculty member. I've managed over 50,000 SKUs for over 100 different e-commerce sites, and I cannot tell you the importance of quality product photos. Not only are they important for your website, but they're great to be repurposed in your email marketing campaigns, your paid ad initiatives, and your organic social media content. It's imperative that you have great photos because great photos sell your products and start conversations with your consumers. There are two great solutions when seeking out quality product photos for your e-commerce site. 
One, UGC. We know that native user-generated content wins all day on social. When you can get your customers to share back their use of your products in their voice, in their personal applications, you will see dividends when that is repurposed in your paid ads and organic social feeds. Secondly, don't have customers or UGC yet? Not a problem. There are cost-effective solutions in which you can outsource that photography. This and so much more is covered in my modules in our e-commerce cert with Digital Marketer.